This is episode 107 of Parenting with the Focused Mindset. Today, we're going to talk about some practical tips of how you can help kids when they're having an anxiety attack. But first, I want to introduce myself. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach, and I come to you on this podcast each and every week to help you learn solution-focused strategies that will help you be the best version of yourself. Don't forget to subscribe or download to this show on whatever platform you listen. That's the way you'll guarantee that you'll be able to have it in your library and you won't miss a single one of our solution-focused, family-oriented information that we put out just for you. And check out my website, thefocusedmindset.com. Right there, you're going to be able to find out how to join the Focused Mindset community absolutely free right now. We're never alone with the Focused Mindset community, and I give you permission to share this episode. If you know someone that's been going through anxiety attacks with their kids, reach out, share the episode, because then you're the one giving them a helping hand. I want to help you because I've seen so many people go through this very same struggle. And you don't have to be in the field of life coaching or counseling to see that. Each and every one of you have been around someone who's had an anxiety attack or you yourself has felt your anxiety rise. And in those moments, we want to be helpful. We want to help ourselves. We want to help the one that's going through it. But sometimes we don't have the strategy. We don't know what to do. And that's why I want to share with you some things that have worked for me and some things that are proven strategies that you can use starting tomorrow or starting today, the next time you see the anxiety attack. Because we never know when it's going to, but we know what it looks like. It's when the anxiety raises to the point where our heart is beating fast We feel as though we can't quite function. We can't quite think straight. And all we see is that we want to get away from the situation. We want to shut everything down. We want to go somewhere where we can feel comfortable. To be honest, at times when people have had full panic attacks, they feel as though they may be having a heart attack. It can be very scary for the person that's going through it. And it's real to them. Even if it doesn't seem to make sense to you, it's so important that we can have compassion and that we have some tools in our toolkit ready to go so we can make some choices that'll help them. Now stay tuned for the next episode because we're also going to have an entire episode dedicated on what not to say to somebody that's in the middle of an anxiety attack and how we can help our kids move forward when there's something that they need to do, even if they're feeling anxiety. But right now, let's focus on the child that uh, has been through all of the strategies we talked about in the last episode, where we've talked to them about what they need to do to avoid feeling anxious altogether. But when the moment comes, their heart starts beating fast, they begin to panic, their fight or flight kicks in, and all they want to do is get away. And you feel like they're losing control. The first most important thing is watch your voice tone. Our voice tone with a child that's panicking and breathing hard, you need to use a calming voice. Use the same type of tone that you would use uh, on any other time of the day. Don't raise it louder. 
more intense. Any type of change in your tone is only going to make their heartbeat even faster. So the first thing I do when I'm in front of a child that's having an anxiety attack is I have a calm and peaceful and uh, almost I want to think of it like a song when I talk to them. The second thing you need to do is be on their eye level. You don't want to be towering over them as much as possible. You need to get right at their eye level. Now, when a child is having an anxiety attack, automatically they're going to want to, uh, not only does their heart begin to beat fast, but you'll notice that they'll want to like hunch over and be in a little ball. It's almost like they want to protect every bit of their body. The problem is, is that does not help them with exactly what they need. And that's oxygen. They need to be able to breathe in order to bring themselves back to a place where they can make decisions. So I like to tell the children to look at me and tell them, let's see how straight your back can be. Straighten up. If I can, I even want them to stand because the straighter their body can be and the the more present they will be able to be. If they're hunched over and they're in a full on ball, that's a, it just keeps them right there in their stress. So if you can help them sit up straight. Now, the next thing I know about a child that's in an anxiety attack is that the sooner that they can become present with where they're at in the space that they're in, the sooner they can begin to take control. You know, there's nothing that you can do to force them to be in control of their body. No matter what you say or do, their heart will keep beating fast if you are trying to force that upon them. Rather than look at it like you want to empower them, look at it like you want to be able to allow them to have the courage and the strength and the actually willingness to be able to take control of this feeling that's absolutely beginning to overwhelm them. The way that I do this as a counselor can work for you, whether you're a teacher, whether you're working with a child you don't know very well, or whether you're working with your very own child. What I do is I think about their head all the way to their feet and I tell them, I want to know the symptoms you're having. It's really important to me that I know exactly what's happening in your body right now. I need you to share that with me. When I say that to them, it helps them to be present. It helps them begin to think about something else besides the negative dialogue that's flowing through their head. I say, how does your head feel right now? Sometimes I ask them, put your hand on your head. How does it feel? Is it warmer than usual? Is it cooler than usual? And then I say, will you put your hand on your heart, please? If I'm able to, and I feel like I'm allowed in their space, depending on the relationship I have with them, I'll even take their hand and put it on their heart. Say, share with me how your heart feels right now. Tell me about the beat. And then if I'm holding their hand, I say, can you tap my hand whenever your heart beats. Let's see how fast your heart is beating right now. And then I'll tell them to breathe. Now, like I said earlier, their breath and getting that oxygen in their brain is the number one thing that's going to bring their heart rate down and help them to make better decisions. So I'll say, let's take some deep breaths to see if we can bring that heartbeat down just a little bit. So you can continue sharing with me the symptoms you're having. Let's do three breaths. And I'll breathe in with them and out with them as they have their hand on their heart. 
And then I'll say, how do your hands feel? Are your hands, let's open them up and look at them because many times their hands will be all fisted up, which also is not very good for their energy. So I'll say, open your hands. How do they feel? Are they feeling tingly at all? And then I move to their stomach. Put your hand on your stomach. How is your stomach feeling right now? And that's a tough one because sometimes I skip that because it makes them, I can, if they're, if they're prone to feeling nauseous and you know that, then you need to use some, uh, your best judgment. But if they all say, you know what, let's, let's let your stomach relax. Can you feel your breathing in your stomach too? Let's let that relax for just a minute. Now, doing this symptom check is something that seems to work like magic for me as a counselor. And then when I started sharing it with the teachers, it started working beautifully for them too. Now I'm beginning to share it to parents like you in order for you guys to use that very strange, same strategy with your child. Because the thing is, is that when you're in that moment of stress and you know that your child just needs to stop, stop this. Our first tendency is to bring the anxiety even higher by kind of demanding that they stop their body from having this anxiety attack. But the problem is, is that they don't know how to stop it. To demand for them to stop it just then adds a layer of guilt because they do not know how to do just that. So when you go through a symptom check, what I call a symptom check, it's one way for them to become present in the moment. Now, this quick episode was actually inspired by a parent, Leanna, who I talked to on the telephone the other day, and she was expressing to me that she seriously just didn't know exactly what to do when it got to the point where her child was so anxious. What she wanted to do was get her in trouble. It's really what she felt like in her heart, and she knew that wasn't the right strategy. I so appreciate that type of honesty because you know in your heart that it's just so frustrating when your child is not moving on from uh, a, a panic attack and you just wish so much that they would stop immediately. I want to encourage you to think I'm going to take a symptom check each and every time that you're tempted just to take it into your own hands as far as moving it to a place of discipline. Think of yourself like a practitioner and say, all right, let's check their symptoms. It also helps you to be able to really pay attention to where your child is at. Now, I do not want you to say things that you don't mean like, oh, it's okay. Let's just not do that then. Let's just not go to school because that's not something we can really follow through with usually. I know that it's so easy for us to just be like, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. Um, But the truth is, is that it's sometimes our job is to help our child move forward to the other side of the anxiety, to be able to get in the classroom and sit in the seat where they need to be, to be able to learn resilience so they can get through these feelings that they have. And they can know that they can get through them because you're believing in them. It's important to say, I believe in you and I know that this feels tough, but I know that you can get to the other side. We can get through this. You will get through this. You can be that person with your child. And if you listened to last week's episode, you know that I talked about that kind of encouragement to you if you're going through anxiety as well. Now, the symptom check is one good step, but there's a couple of other really important things that help kids get through anxiety. 
These are actually the same strategies that work for adults and we need to bring it down and do it with our child immediately upon seeing those signs of stress. One of them is called box breathing. Have you heard of box breathing? This is a great strategy to bring down anxiety and to help calm anxiety attacks. You think of a box, you can actually help let the child make a box with their finger. And what you're going to do when you make this box is you're going to breathe in, you're going to hold it, you're going to breathe out, and you're going to pause. It's great to use four counts because that's something a child can do very easily. They can count to four and you have them put out their index finger. And as it goes up to create the box, you say, let's breathe in for four counts. One, two, three, four, and hold it. One, two, three, four. Now let's let it out. Two, three, four, and pause. Two, three, four. Breathe in two, three, four, hold it, two, three, four, breathe out, two, three, four, and pause, two, three, four. This box breathing regulates their breathing. It helps them to slow their breathing. And then what happens? Their heart rate begins to go down. Box breathing is something that you can use with every age child. You can use it for yourself as well. Another thing is grounding techniques. You know, all of these things I've talked about are actually grounding techniques. Grounding techniques is rather than allowing your mind to swirl, 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 you ground yourself in the place that you're in. You've probably heard about grounding if you're into mindfulness, if you've done mindfulness activities. Grounding is what's going to help people come out of an anxiety attack. Now, grounding can happen in lots of different ways, but it's just another way for us to do exactly what we do and we're aware of our symptoms. It's the ability to be aware of the world around us rather than be listening to our swirling thoughts. So I like to do five things. Five things is directed around your five senses. Now with kids, I simplify these five things method a little bit. If you look it up, you'll find that people use the five senses to say five things you can see, four things that you can hear, three things that you can touch, two things that you can smell, two, one thing that you can uh, taste, or some version of that. There's actually many different versions. But with kids, this is what I like to do. We're going to put our hand up. They loved it you know, put their, do something um, with their body as well. And I'm going to say, we're going to count down from five to one. And I'm going to ask them to notice something around them that has to do with their five senses, one for each finger. And after we put all of our fingers down, then I'm, they're going to fold their hands in front of them. And the act of folding your hands is a way to bring peace to your whole body. So with their hand up, I'll say first, let's think about one thing you can see. And when they name that one thing, then they put one of their fingers down. Now, let's say that the child is so upset that you see them look at something, but they cannot talk yet. They're still too upset. You can acknowledge what they see. Oh, I see that you're looking at my red shirt. Okay, that's one thing. Put a finger down. 
Don't get caught up in making them say it out loud because it's all in their mind that we're trying to help their mind calm down. So you got to be really in tune with what they're doing and help them along this activity. Then next, we say, what's one thing that you can hear right now? Give them a second and they might hear a bird or you might even help them along with that as well. Say, oh, do you hear that bird? And if they nod, yes. Okay, let's put a finger down. What's one thing that you can touch? Now, make sure that you don't use the word feel at that point, because that might bring them into their feelings. And right now we're trying to ground them in their five senses to be able to see and recognize the world around them. What's one thing you can touch? Their blue jeans, their sweater, maybe their fingertips. And at this point, they have two fingers up and I move them into their imaginary world at this point where they can begin to use their mind to conjure up something that is really going to cause peace within them. They don't even realize it. I say, what is your favorite smell? Can you imagine that smell right now? Let's smell. Let's, let's pretend like we're smelling that amazing fragrance. A lot of kids say strawberries for some reason or chocolate, tacos, I don't know, lots of different things. Even if they don't, remember, you can use their imagination and say, think of your favorite smell. Let's smell that in. Now, what are we doing? We're helping them with breathing, right? Which brings down the heart rate. Breathe in that smell all the way up through your nose and out through your mouth. Now, their grounding is really beginning to be focused and they have one finger up and you say, what's one thing that you can taste? What's your very favorite thing to eat? And a lot of times the child will get a little grin over their mouth because they're thinking of it. They can't help, but their senses be fully engaged at this point. And you think, Oh, that's so good. Maybe it's lemonade. Maybe it's a pizza. What's your favorite thing to eat? Think about tasting that. What is that like? And then you say, okay, you've thought of all of those five things of your five senses. Let's take your hands and fold them in front of you. And they interlock all of their fingers in front of them in a peaceful way. And they are grounded. If you memorize the box breathing and the five senses grounding rule, you are really going to help the little one that you're working with to find their peace. I encourage you to write these little things down and keep them handy in your phone. So when the panic attack happens, you will be prepared. Part of the reason why we all overreact and don't know what to do is because it attacks when we least expect it at the most frustrating time when everything's going on. And it doesn't take very long to use these strategies. So I hope you can, I, I know that when you put together these strategies, you're going to make a big impact on your child and you will help them to continue walking forward through the things that they need to do to get to that other side, but you'll be able to do it with graciousness and with consideration to what they're feeling. And it's come to the end of this quick episode. Thank you for joining us today. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear your success stories. There's two ways you can get a hold of me. You can go to my website, thefocusedmindset.com, go to contact me and you can leave me either a voice message or you can leave me an email right there. And did you know that I offer family coaching, not only for you, but for your child? 
on my website, look under the coaching tab and get more information about that. I'm taking on some new clients going into the spring, getting ready for the summer, and I'd love to have a consultation with you. I do give free discovery calls. Check it out. The most important thing is that when you identify that you have a need and a challenge that you're going through, that you have a way to reach out and be a part of a community that can help out, that you know how to get resources for whatever you're going through. And that is why I created the Focused Mindset community in the first place. Another way that we can be in contact is through my Instagram page. I'm fairly active there. I like to put a little bit of my family, a little bit about my favorite quotes, quotes from my guests that come on my podcast. It's share, C-H-E-R, the focused mindset. That's share, C-H-E-R, the focused mindset. That's actually also my handle on TikTok and YouTube. And um, hmm, I think it's also the same one on my Twitter. Anyway, I try to be as active as I can on those things. I'm not really hugely great at that. I got to be perfectly honest, but I love communicating with the people uh, that are like me and they're in the trenches and they're going through the ups and downs of life. So let's go do life, right? And let's go do the best that we absolutely can. I look forward to our next week where we're going to talk more about what not to say to somebody who's in the middle of a panic attack. (laughs) So until next time, keep in touch and take care.